This message was presented at the GYC 2014 conference at the Cross in Phoenix, Arizona. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. Our Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful morning, morning full of opportunity and morning that we are going to continue to study how to talk to you and how to listen to your voice. We pray that you operate miracles in our hearts and in our lives, that through this exercise, through the study and seminar, you will transform our lives. You will change us and will never be the same again. Thank you, Lord, for taking control. And thank you for talking to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Once again, welcome back to the seminar on relentless prayer. Relentless prayer, that is the prayer of Jesus. And we would like to pray as Jesus prayed. We'd like to have the prayer life of Jesus. Our goal, as we said, as I tried to recap a bit, our goal is that we will pray as Jesus prayed. Because we read, it is said, we must pray as he prayed. You must agonize as he agonized. If we would conquer as he conquered. And he said also um, that we, we need to follow his example. So the goal of our seminar is to follow the example of Jesus Christ. And it is said in the book, uh, Steps to Christ, that he is our example in all things. And that is in the context of prayer life. So the prayer life of Jesus is our model. Jesus Christ was here not only to die, for us, but also to live as an example for us. So his life is an example. His death is for us to have life. So uh, Christianity is about to follow the example of Jesus Christ as well. So when it comes to prayer, uh, we are not in darkness. We, We don't say, well, what kind of prayer life that I should have? The example of Jesus Christ is clear. We just need to learn to study about it and put it into practice. So our prayer and our goal is that by tomorrow, we will indeed start a journey of prayer life of Jesus Christ. We have been praying all along. But uh, we need to improve all the time. There is this saying that the biggest room in this world is the room for improvement. (laughs) We need always to improve. We need to grow all the time. And that is sanctification. Even though we have been praying, I know uh, all of us here, we are praying. But we need to grow all the time. The very moment we, we feel that we have arrived, then that means the beginning of the decline of our personal uh, walk with God. So we are here, we are growing together. Okay, yesterday we talked about the key to answered prayers. And we are saying that it, is, it has to be according to the will of God. We were saying that when we see the trend and the record of the prayers in the Bible, both in Old Testament and the New Testament, you see this trend that their prayers were almost constantly answered positively. Only few exceptions. The negative answers was exception. But the positive ones, that is the trend. Unfortunately, we don't have that picture very often. Many times we pray and we don't have. So what is the solution? We talked about that yesterday. Why is it that in the old days, 
Old Testament, New Testament, the early church, we, we see, we read about this. But somehow we don't experience that. And we studied yesterday that the explanation is that about knowing the will of God. To pray according to the will of God. And he has promised that he is going to answer our prayers if we pray according to his will. And that, is, that will help us not to fall into presumption. So the idea is to know the will of God. You see, uh, in the past many times, we pray and then we say, if it is according to the will of God. But in the Old Testament, in the Bible, they know the will of God, and it is written in the spirit of prophecy as well, to know first the will of God. And the Holy Spirit will, will guide us what to ask and how to ask. And we said yesterday that God delights to answer that kind of prayer because it is inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will say, ask this. And then we ask, and that prayer will be answered. And we said also that it is about friendship. God as our friend. We need to know God. And if we know God, then we know his mind. And if we have that friendship, like in fr any friendship, we would know exactly, almost 100%, if a friend will say yes or no. And if we know that if you ask something from a friend, and if we know that he, would, he or she will say no, we will not ask, even though we want it. Because we want to spare him from the pain of saying no to a friend. And that is the way how we interact with God. Sometimes, as we said yesterday, we miss the point. We make a mistake. That means we ask wrongly. We guess wrong. That's why we ask, and then God said, no, not that one. And that's why we have some of our, our prayers answered with a no answer, because God knows better. So we should not expect that all our prayers will be answered because we are not perfect in the knowing of the will of God. We may miss that point, but at least it should not be the trend. It should be a kind of exceptional. That is the point. And if we just reach that, then it will be all right, because even the Apostle Paul missed it at least once. When he asked for the thorn on the flesh to be removed, God said, no. That one, my will is different. My will is for you to carry that. That is not according to my will. So Paul somehow guessed it not exactly the way God wanted it. So in our personal lives, it may happen that way. We may pray for something God will not say yes. Not that God does not love us. Actually, he loves us more because he wants us to have better. But generally speaking, we must know, we should know the will of God because of the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And that is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So this one is somehow a long way to have our prayer answered. The shortcut sometimes, you know, um, we think it is short, but it is long when we, we have a negative answer. It's just to ask and then think or say, well, if it is your will. That is fast. But this one is long, a long way. You have, you have to, to be close to God. 
You have to deepen your relationship with God. You have to know the will of God. We have to be friends of God. And that requires a lot of time. That requires a lot of dedication. But this is the best. So to have our prayers answered, it requires of us a seriousness in our walk with God. To listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. To know that this one we should ask, this one we should not ask. That way, our prayer life will be so uh, rewarding. The, to know, the, just to recap for a few minutes, knowing his will, we talked about that. And uh, knowing the mind of God, the Holy Spirit will guide us. And this is what we uh, said yesterday. I would like just to read this again. It said, if we keep, and this is in Christ's Object Lesson, page 129. It said, if we keep the Lord ever before us, allowing our hearts to go out in thanksgiving and praise to him, we shall have continual freshness in our religious life. Our prayers will take the form of a conversation with God as we would talk with a friend. And he will speak his mysteries to us personally. That is the level that we need to reach. That God will really trust us as a friend. And God will say, this is my friend. I would like to reveal my mysteries to him personally. He is my confident. You remember, Abraham, before God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. Then God almost like saying, oh, I was about to, uh, to miss something. I must, I must tell Abraham about this. Because if he finds out that I have done that, and I did not discuss it with him, then our friendship will be damaged. So God said, no, I must discuss this with Abraham. And uh, he went and talked to Abraham, and Abraham, you know the story, Abraham uh, tried to say, oh, no, if you find 50 people, how are you going to do it? He said, no, 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 I will never do that, God said. What about, and then keep on, uh, uh, decreasing the number. That is the kind of relationship that God wants to establish with his children. To be the friend of God. That is the best title that we can ever have. Put your name, friend of God. Who are you? I'm the friend of God. <laughs> that is the highest title that you can have. To be the friend of God. Have good news for us today. It is possible to be friend of God. Every one of us. And Jesus said it. He said, uh, you are not just a servant. You are my friends. That should be our goal. Then the answered prayers should be the byproduct or result of our friendship. Because if you have a friend, a friend is a real gift from God, a true friend. Because sometimes you don't even need to ask. The friend will just look at you, and he knows your need, and he said, I think you need this. I said, no, I'm fine. And the friend will say, no, take it. He said, no, it's okay, don't worry. Your friend will say, no, take that. God would like to have that also. Even if you don't ask, sometimes God would say, okay, you need this. Don't you think you need this? He said, yes, I need it. And you just thank God for that. That is the key to an answered prayer, to establish the friendship with God. And that requires time. That requires a lot of time studying the word of God. That requires a lot of time to be on our knees. And that requires a way of thinking throughout the day just to be in touch with heaven 
in communion as you do. Ellen G. White talks about that in the book, um, Steps to Christ. As, as we do, as we work, then we need to establish always this connection. Just think of God. Just praying as we, as we do our, the things that God has asked us to do. And this communication, and that is true. If you have really a close friend, then uh, while you are doing something, you think of that friend. And if it is true in human friendship, what about divine friendship? That is the key. Is it clear? The key to answered prayer is to become the friend of God. And then to know his will is just the byproduct of that. To know God's will. And the Holy Spirit, we said, the Holy Spirit um, will guide us, will inspire us. Then uh, we will ask what God would like us to ask. And here again, as a recap, um, I read this, said, we must not only pray in Christ's name, but by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This explains what is meant when it is said that the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. And it is said, yes, such prayer God delights to answer. That is the kind of prayer from a friend. You like to, to give. You like to say yes to a friend. Yes or no. That is your goal, to say yes to a friend. Now, we will go quickly on the, uh, the classic one, what we need to do uh, for our prayers to be answered. The big one, as we studied, is to pray according to the will of God. That will remove us from presumption because we should not pray uh, against the will of God. Then uh, we need to pray also in his name. He said here in John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14, And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may be bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. That is almost like a blank check. But this blank check is given to a friend, not to an enemy, to someone who, who, is not, who, is not, uh, uh, who does not know what is the relationship with God. So God is giving a blank check to a friend. He said, okay, this is a, a blank check, whatever, but the condition is that it has to be in my name so that the Son may be bring glory to the Father. And uh, this is amazing. He said, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. I will do it. What is the meaning of in my name? Steps to Christ again. That is a wonderful book. Steps to Christ, page 100 and 101, said, But to pray in the name of Jesus is something more than a mere mention of that name at the beginning and the ending of a prayer. It is to pray in the mind and spirit of Jesus. While we believe his promises, rely upon his grace and work his works. So here again, the friendship, this relationship with the Lord. But pray in the name of Jesus. So we need to have this relationship with him. And when we pray, God, Jesus Christ will say, yes, accept that prayer. Uh, because he's my friend. He's my friend. In the name, in the name of Jesus. And then forgiven relationship. That is so one of the conditions for our prayers to be answered. Um, uh, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 and 2. Let's read that. If someone can read Isaiah chapter 59, 
verse 1 and 2. And we'll do this quickly, and then we go into the faith as I promised yesterday. The faith, yes? This is a very classical uh, verse. And uh, in Steps to Christ, it is expanded. It said, if we regard iniquity in our hearts, if you cling to any known sin, the Lord will not hear us. But the prayer of a penitent, contrite soul is always accepted. When all known wrongs are righted. We may believe that God will answer our petitions. So this is also a condition. We must ask for forgiveness. You must be forgiven. God does not require perfection from us. Perfection, that means no fault at all. But what God requires is that we must be forgiven. We must be repentant. We must confess our sins, and there must be restitution. He said, when all known wrongs are righted, we may believe that God will answer our petitions. Complying with the conditions, our merit, our own merit will never commend us. Steps to Christ again, 95. Our merit will never commend us to the favor of God. We will never reach a point that we can say, now I am righteous. Please answer my prayer. We'll never. It is the worthiness of Jesus that will save us. His blood that will cleanse us. Yet we have, yet, you see the balance here, yet we have the work to do in complying with the conditions of acceptance. So we cannot say, well, uh, even though I don't confess, even though I, I play with sins, even though I, I, I do this, yeah, yeah, God will answer me all the time. God is saying, no, you have a work to do. Yet we have a work to do in complying with the conditions of acceptance. That is, we must be forgiven. We must confess. We must put things right with God and with our fellow man. And here, Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Be kind, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ, Christ God forgave you. We cannot hold grudges in our hearts. We cannot hate. We, we cannot uh, keep sins in our hearts. And by the way, if we are close friends to God, then that closeness, will even banish those kind of things. Because you will be in the presence of God all the time. And uh, with the presence of God, the one thing is sure. Sin cannot survive. It is just like darkness and light. When the light is there, darkness will vanish. And that's why the best way for sanctification is to live in the presence of God. The light but if we live in darkness, that means we are far from God. Then darkness will flourish. So put yourselves in the presence of God all the time. And then all these things. You cannot hold grudges in the presence of God. We cannot do this in the presence of God. That helped actually Joseph when he faced this, this temptation. He said, how can I do this in the presence of God? I can't. Even though they were alone there with Mrs. Potiphar, Joseph said, no, we are not actually alone. God is here. The angels are here. And said, they cannot do that. 
Many times we fall into sin because we forget that God is around. But if God is present and we feel it and we know he is there, then sanctification will take place. So forgiveness in the presence of God becomes easier because that mere presence is a sanctifying presence. But we cannot hold grudges, even though we think that we are right. Um, then we, have, we need to have the spirit of love and forgiveness. Said, when you come to ask mercy and blessing from God, that is in the spirit, in the, uh, the book, Steps to Christ Again, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Said, when we come to ask mercy and blessing from God, that is prayer. When you come to pray, we should have a spirit of love and forgiveness in our hearts. And it said, how can we pray? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And yet, indulge in unforgiving spirit. If we expect our own prayers to be heard, we must forgive others in the same manner. And do, and to the same extent as we hope to be forgiven. So this is clear. So many times our prayers are not answered because of this. If we hold grudges, God, God says no. Because it is almost like encouraging us to live in that state all the time. If you, if you have grudges in our heart and we will get whatever we want, uh, God, almost like God is saying, no, I don't want to be a bad parent. Uh, rewarding this kind of behavior. He said, no, we, we are going to withhold this until, until you ask for forgiveness. Not perfection, because we will never be perfect in the sense of absolute perfection, but forgiveness, repentant, and um, forgiving one another. Then God says, yes, I will answer your prayer. And spirit of love and forgiveness, Mark chapter 11, verse 25. And when, uh, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Spirit of love and forgiveness as well. To forgive, I'm going fast because we know all of this. It's just a reminder so that we can go to the faith, how to increase our faith. To forgive someone means to release him and her from liability to suffer punishment and penalty. Uh, the word Greek, the Greek word ephemi um, is translated forgive, means let go. Release or remit. Um, so we must forgive and be reconciled first. Therefore, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, 24, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, that is prayer, and, rem and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there. You see the sequence. Don't say, go and offer the, uh, the offerings and then do something. So God said, okay, I'm more interested in reconciliation. So do that first and then do this after. He said, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go, first, underline the word, first go and be reconciled to your brother. Then, you see, first, then come and offer your gift. So for Jesus Christ, this is a very important matter. For us to forgive, for us to ask for forgiveness and to forgive. 
It's a very important matter for Jesus Christ. So we need, we need to have this. And here, for those who are married, it is interesting what is written here. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So this is not just a relationship between someone else, but it is also about the relationship between spouse, spouses, husband and wife. If we don't agree, then God is saying, fix that first. Otherwise, your prayer will not be answered, will be hindered, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So need to watch that. And uh, we are saying about the, that is, so we need to be forgiven, we need to forgive, we need to love one another. Then we have to persevere as well. It is said here, Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not to give up. And then steps to Christ. When we do not receive the very things we ask for at the time we ask, we are still to believe that the Lord hears and he will answer our prayers. Then do not fear to trust him, even though you do not see the immediate answer to your prayers. Rely upon his promise. Ask and it shall be given to you. We have talked about relentless prayer this is perseverance. We need to press on um, with God. So that is what we need. You see then the conditions, conditions to receive uh, positive answers. We talked about the will of God, talked about praying the name of God, name of Jesus Christ, and we talked about also being forgiven, reconciled. Uh, with God and also with our fellow man. That is critical. And we have to persevere. Persevere not to give up. Is it clear so far? Now, there's another condition to fulfill, and that is prayer of faith. Faith. It said here, Mark chapter 11, Verse 20 to 24. Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go through yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And in Steps to Christ, he said, another element of prevailing prayer is faith. Do we take him at his word? So that is also one condition. We need to pray, and we need to believe. We need to have faith. But we know our faith is weak. How to increase our faith? To strengthen our faith is the key also to an answered prayer. In Luke chapter 18, verse 8, Jesus asked this almost a rhetoric question. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That is the question of Jesus. And the answer is probably like no. When, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And faith is so important. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrew chapter 11, 
verse 6. And in First John chapter 5, verse 4, it is, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And in James chapter 1, it is said there's no answered prayers without faith. You see, faith is a very important element of an answered prayer. Faith. So we need to develop faith. In Testimonies, Volume 2, page 442, this is actually very sad. It's a statement by the spirit of prophecy. It said, the solemn truths they profess to believe are not really reality to them. They have not genuine faith. And this is about us, about, about the people of God. So this is a rare commodity. And you know the story of Mark chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, said he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. <coughs> lack of faith is our problem. And uh, two disturbing statements. Patriarchs and Prophets, page 657. Every failure on the part of the children of God is due to their lack of faith. He said every failure on the part of the children of God is due to the lack of faith. And even in uh, Testimonies, volume 6, page 438, it is said the coming of God's kingdom is hindered by lack of faith. So that is the reality. That's why Jesus Christ said, when he comes, will he find faith? And the answer is likely to be no. But the good news is, this can be reversed. And there is also a prophecy that there will be revival and reformation. So this answer, it can't be changed into a yes for us. He said, will ye find faith? And the answer will be yes. Because here we are, by the grace of God, we are talking about faith. Many times we don't talk much about this faith. We take for granted that we have faith. We may talk about many things, but when it comes to faith, we don't really preach much about this faith. How to have our faith being uh, stronger. And I'm glad that we are talking about this today because it is so critical when it comes to our relationship with God, when it comes to answered prayer. How to increase our faith. Have good news for us. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, it is said that God has given to every human being a measure of faith. What is the meaning of this? You have the computer, right? I have my computer here. You have a program inbuilt in this, in this computer, right? When you buy a gadget, there is already a software, at least the basic ones, inbuilt for it to function, yes or no? Otherwise, how can you start it? So there must be a kind of a software already inbuilt in our system. And God is saying, look, when I manufactured you, I have put that software, I've put that program of faith there. And that's why it is so hard to become an atheist. There is a book written. Uh, the title is, I don't, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Hmm? 
I don't have enough faith because uh, it is so hard. Um, in the book Ecclesiastes, it is said that God has put eternity in our heart. So God has put already the spiritual inc inclination to, uh, to do the worship. To, that's why uh, someone, you know, a person must worship something. If they don't worship God, they worship idols. Or worship something else. Because of this thing in build. I, uh, I have a friend. Uh, the friend... Um, that was um, a long time ago, and he, he did not believe in God. And he told me that uh, one day he was really about to die. And he said, it was so hard for me to remain in my situation of not believing in God. I was tempted to believe in God. I had to work hard, he said, not to believe in God. And I was about to believe in God. God has put in us a measure of faith. And that's why this Hebrew chapter 12, verse 2, it is said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And the original for author can mean also originator, the source and finisher perfecter. And Ellen G. White talks about, about this as well. The spirit of prophecy is powerful. He said, faith that enable us to receive God's gifts is itself a gift of which some measure is imparted to every human being. Faith that enables us to receive God's gifts is imparted to, of which some measure is imparted to every human being. So there is a measure of faith in us. And it is not from us. It is not manufactured by us. We cannot create faith. God has put thus. We were born with faith. And all along, throughout our lives, the devil is trying to remove that faith in us. So... When you talk about faith, there is hope for us to have faith because we are born with it. Every human being, they have that faith. It's just a matter of knowing, knowing what to do for that faith to grow. It is there, a measure of faith to start with. And God can increase that. And that's why uh, the apostle said to the Lord, they prayed. He said, increase our faith. Luke chapter 17, verse 5. Increase. That means it is there, but it is still low. So they prayed, increase our faith. So we can pray, Lord, I don't have enough faith. Increase my faith. And you see in Mark chapter 9, verse 23 and 24, you remember this. He said about, about the disciples and, uh, uh, and the father of the child who was sick. He said, uh, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help, help my unbelief. It's almost like a contrast. He said, I know my faith is very weak right now. And I want my child to be healed. I don't have enough faith for my child to be healed. But Lord, help me increase my faith. And God likes that kind of prayer. And the child was healed. 
That means God, Jesus Christ, answered that prayer, increase my faith. That father, that day, his faith was increased. So we need to pray, ask God. How to increase our faith? Ask God. Even though you don't have enough faith to ask for more faith, you pray. And the Holy Spirit will supply. He said, okay, that is a, a very basic uh, request. I will grant it so that you have enough faith. So you pray. You cry out to God like the father of the child. Oh, Lord, I really need faith. Please increase my faith. And God will increase our faith. That is one. Remember that. Quickly. Secondly, how to increase our faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How to increase our faith? We just need to saturate our minds and our heart, as we said yesterday, with the word of God. Because if we mix our faith with the word of God, it will become strong. The word of God is almost like a software to activate the program that is built in in our heart. So if we put the word of God, keep on putting the word of God as a result of this mix of the faith, that in built faith, and you put always like watering it with the word of God, then that plant will grow every day. But if we starve, or if we put virus in that computer, then it will distort the whole thing. That's why we have to be careful on what we put in our minds, in our heart, what we touch, what we see, what we hear. If you have to have to strong faith, we need to guard our senses. Because God also communicates to us with our senses. What we touch, we need to guard. What we eat, what we read, what we listen, if we keep on watching something that is not helping our faith to be strong, don't expect to have strong faith. So we, for our faith to be strong, we need to be very selective and strict in what we put. Because like a computer again, Whatever we put, it will be processed and it will be out. The output. The input, processed, output. Don't expect uh, to get an output that's something that we don't put in. I'm not against television uh, for... I would say, uh, watching some news or things like that. But I'm telling the truth. A television is a bad master. And many things, actually, if we don't control this, it will destroy all our prayer life. No time. We say, no, I don't have time to pray. Because probably you have already spent one or two hours watching TV, TVs and all of this. Sometimes they are not that bad. But it can hinder your time to spend with God. And uh, it can affect our sense. I have taken a stand I'm not against people watching, but as far as I am concerned, I don't watch it because if I want to know the news, I have, uh, I have somewhere else to, to go to find the news. I balance what I get from it and what can damage that can create, uh, create by this. And I said, well, probably it is not the best thing for me. Maybe for someone else, but for me, I will not because I want to spend more time on my knees. 
I want to spend more time studying the word of God. Because that requires time. We are busy people. So we need to manage our time. We need to manage our time to be able to do this. Our time is up already. But tomorrow, we will finish how to increase our faith. We'll talk about um, talk faith. The spirit of prophecy in the Bible talks about this. How to increase our faith. I have just done half of, of a bad faith. So would like you not to miss that. Because, uh, and remember, we will pray also tomorrow. We'll have a season of prayer. But let me just summarize this. Be careful of what you watch, what you eat, what you touch, what you hear, your sense. And be jealous of, of your time so that you can spend time on your knees, so that you can spend time reading the word of God. Because the word of God is that software that can activate this inbuilt program that God has done when he manufactured us. We have hope. And our hope is that God wants us to have this relationship. So today, we are going to stand and we'll pray and ask God to give us strong faith. Let's pray. Our God, our Father, we admit that we don't have enough faith. But we ask you to give us, to increase our faith. Lord, we know that uh, we are already busy. And we have been wondering how can we fit this in. But we know that uh, we are part to be blamed. We have not managed our times well. So help us to prioritize our time with you. Reading the Bible. Be on our knees listening to your voice and talking to you. So that our faith will be strong. And will become indeed your close friends. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. This message was recorded at the GYC 2014 conference at the cross in Phoenix, Arizona. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.